You are listening to the Balkan Bread Podcast. This is a podcast created to connect diaspora worldwide by sharing each other's stories. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Balkan Bread Podcast. My name's Amina, and thank you guys so much for being here. So if you're just finding the podcast and are totally new to this, Balkan Bread is a clothing line dedicated to telling the diaspora's stories, and the podcast is just another platform and another way of sharing our stories. We are going to be talking about business and specifically money because I know that's something everyone, well, maybe doesn't love to talk about, but it's necessary, especially during this time. So today I have Elsad Turkovic here on the episode. Do you want to introduce yourself and just kind of go through more about you and your business? For sure. My name is Elsad. Uh, so what I do is I have Turk Financial. We do tax consulting, business consulting, like business startups, a little bit of marketing and everything in between to run your small business, right? So you can check us out. It's turkfinancial.co. If you just want to peep the website, see what it's about. We do outsourcing. We can do anything you need. And then if I can't do it, I can link you with someone who can, which is always really cool. Or we can do multiple projects, whatever it is. Uh, but yeah, that's mainly the gist of everything that I do. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. So I guess one of the things whenever I talk to people about their businesses and everything is, you know, how did you get started and what is one piece of advice for someone who has an idea? Like how do you bring that into just fruition? So the, I mean, everyone has an idea. It's like, for me, it's always like the steps to make it happen too, right? So it's, there, there's the logistics behind of how everything works. Like you can have an idea, but then it's like sitting down and figuring out how to start up a business, how to get a tax ID, if you want to make it an LLC, what all that stuff means. And that's kind of where I come into place. So I've had a lot of friends who like, hey, I have an idea for this, or how do I start up a business? Or how do I close a business? Or how do I, what are taxes? <laughs> like all that stuff. So, uh, but the biggest thing that the biggest piece of advice that I have to give you that someone gave me was when I was first starting out is to just take the leap. So you're not gonna, uh, like, I'm kind of a perfectionist about things. I want to make sure everything's perfect before it starts. You can't really, you kind of have to learn as you go for a lot of things. Cause you're going to run into a lot of speed bumps along the way that you weren't expecting. And then you have to figure out how to solve those things. But the biggest thing is to just take that leap, that initial leap, whatever it is, and just do it literally. Because if you think about it, well, I got to do this first. I got to figure this out. I got to do this. I do that. You may never get around to it, right? Or it's going to be a while before you actually sit down and get it done. So get it started and kind of learn as you go. Obviously, you have to have an idea of what you want to do or you got to be good at whatever your thing is, whether you're a barber or whether you're making clothes, whether taxes, whatever it is. You have to have a basic understanding and then just kind of understand the program that you're going to use, understand the tools you're going to use, and then just go from there. And finding mentors is huge too. People that can help you, people that you can grow from, that you can turn to if you can't understand it yourself and then that are willing to help. That's really tough 
to do for some people because like if you're not as social or whatever but that that was huge for me too was finding people that could help me they could answer questions that i didn't know things to which when it comes to like tax code is a lot <laughs> it's literally articles and articles and articles of stuff and having to go through it so if you can find someone that can like kind of ease it along the way that's huge Surrounding yourself with the right people is huge. And a lot of people have these ideas, but I think very few people actually put it into action and, you know, start something. I mean, when I first started, I was also scared and just didn't really know if anyone would like this. I thought people would hate this idea. So to see people support you and to just be around people who are kind of where you want to be. Like if you're surrounding yourself with someone that's like, Oh, that'd be so cool. If I was, you know, doing what they're doing, I think that's the biggest thing. And that's something, you know, that we preach here on Balkan bread. You started your company during or after college. For me, it was, uh, it was after college. So I graduated. Uh, I wanted to just, jump into like the corporate atmosphere whatever and like move go to a bigger city uh work for a bigger firm and go from there that was kind of the, uh, the idea at the start uh things happened to where it didn't work out that way and then i mentioned it like in the little blog post that we did uh, i was working two jobs like out of college uh i just didn't know where i wanted to go from there what i wanted to do and then I took a leap of faith, started working full time at my current employer, started the business, was doing that when I got off and in between and on weekends and basically any other time in between. Like, so it's, it's a little bit of a grind, but I'm at the point now where it's just kind of growing on its own and people are talking about it. So I get more clients every year or market a little bit and stuff like that, but it was just doing it. That's, and, and the, I think the fear thing that you said is kind of natural for us because like of our culture, like the way we grew up, everyone's like, you know, your parents are always like, you know, they're worried about it. They want you to just have like a secure thing and like just not just get puzzle, like sit at home, you know, like whatever, blah, blah, blah. Whereas like, if you want to start a business, it's not going to be like that. There's a lot of risk involved. And like we're raised as a culture to be like, kind of like divert ourselves from that risk, you know? So that's what makes it tough for a lot of our generation is because we're raised to like kind of like not take that risk. Whereas like if you want to be successful and you want to grow, you kind of have to. It may not have been like that with you, but it, I know for me, my parents were always like scared. They're like, but then we play shit, and we play shit, you know, like slow down, slow down or whatever. But yeah, no, that's true. That's very true. I also think it's interesting though, because um, when I did when I did my presentation at the conference last year, I remember flashing back to one of the slides and it was talking about how our parents just in coming here, like they had to take a huge risk. And of course, it was a different situation and a different time. But I find it almost kind of ironic because that is really risky to come to the United States. And I think that takes a lot of um, entrepreneurial initiative. And I think it's interesting to see how a lot of people who were refugees now have started businesses because it's like, like that's what you have to do. I mean, yeah, you can get a job and start working, but if you can't find a job, then, you know, we have that, like, I don't know, we have that in us to find a way to make money. And if that means starting your own business, then might as well do it. 
I guess we can talk about finance in general. Like when did you first become interested in it and who encouraged you to kind of get started with everything? So for me, it was uh, like, I mean, I, I did financial management. That was my major in college. And I always liked, I've, I've always liked money. Like I've been working since I was 15. I always try to find little ways to make money. Like I used to mow lawns when I was like 14. I would literally drag a little lawn mower. It's literally a push mower, drag it from my house to any neighbor's yard with my friend. You knock on the door like, hey, for 20 bucks, we'll mow your lawn. And either they say yes or no. And they're like, no, we're like, cool. Go to the next house. Hey, we'll mow your lawn for 20 bucks. <laughs> and we be carrying, it looks so ratchet. Like we're literally carrying like two little gas cans and like we're pushing a little lawnmower. But it's just, we just wanted to make money from like the early start, you know? And uh, that, that's just kind of where it originated from for me, at least like from the monetary standpoint. But when it came to finances, it was, I know with my parents, they, they don't, we all kind of know what it's like. They speak English, but they don't really have the understanding that we, I guess, are accustomed to, if that makes sense. So it's like, obviously we understand the language better. We're educated in America. Like we, to me still like English is kind of like my primary language, even with the Bosnian background. So we just kind of understand things a little bit better. So we have opportunities that they didn't have, at least growing up here. And I remember my dad would always ask me to look at his 401k, look at, uh, look at the bank statements, do all this stuff, look at finance. I, I was like 18, you know, like I, I honestly had no idea, but I had to figure out, you know, I'd like sit down and research it and be like, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? So when I went to school. I was like, well, a thing a lot of people struggle with is, especially in, in our culture and not just our culture, people in general is money, credit loans, like just random things like that. They don't understand how that stuff works. And if you can go in and help people with that, then why not? So I, I, that's where I got that financial background. I uh, understood how to invest properly, investment products, how loans work, taxes, everything, right? So the stuff that people really struggle with is what I decided I wanted to step into and find a solution for people. So it kind of started from literally from being a teenager to an adult now. Right. Obviously, like there's like the whole entrepreneurial money aspect of it. Everybody wants to make money. But uh, then there's like the willingness to help people and find a solution for them in ways, you know, or just make it easier at the very least. Exactly. And I think probably come a long way in terms of promotion and not knocking on like people's doors, <laughs> telling them about your business and stuff like that. Um, hey, if it works, it works, you know. That's very true. But I know you said word of mouth has been probably like the number one, I guess, way that people find out about your company or? Yeah, word of mouth for me has been the, like I'll do, I'll do Facebook ad credits. Uh, I do the Google thing too. So I'll have, uh, if you ever search like tax services in Kentucky right, uh, or Bowling Green rather, you'll mm -hmm. like, I'll pop up. So it's like, I'll, I'll do that. So like, I'll do a little bit of online marketing. But as far as uh, like the niche market that I have here is Bosnians. Right. And then obviously like people that I know or whatever. So it's like been through Snapchat, Instagram, all that stuff that I'll post a story on and people will just retweet it, share it, whatever. And then people are like, Oh, you do taxes. You do this, you do that. Can you help you with my business? So I'm like, sure, sure, sure. Come on by. And then uh, if anybody asks them, they're like, Hey, I got a guy who, who needs help with this. Can you help him with it? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Have him come by. So it's like this. And like, this is only the second year that I've been doing this. And since last year, it's a little over four times more clients than I had last year. 
And then next year, hopefully, if it keeps, even if it's like two times as much as it had this year, it's getting to the point where it's almost a little overwhelming, but not to the point where like, eventually I'll probably have to hire somebody on to like help me with it. But uh, the word of mouth has been huge, especially in a small, smaller town like Bowling Green, where people just tend to like communicate a little bit differently. Yeah. Are there a lot of other people who have their own, um, like that do taxes as well that are Bosnian or? There's, that I can think of, there's like three other ones, maybe. Uh, Two other people that like one other person that I know, uh, two other people that I know, and then another guy, and then me. There's four of us, and then there's over 10,000 Bosnians in Bowling Green. And that's just like one market, you know what I mean? And then it's not counting anyone else that needs help. Okay, so before we get into just financial advice, because I think that's going to be very helpful and interesting for people listening, um, who would you say is one of your biggest role models? Um, so this can be in your immediate like personal life, or it can be a famous person, celebrity, whoever. I know in the blog, uh, the blog post, I said it was my dad, because and this is sort of like he like my everyone knows when your parents come here, they came here not even speaking the language. Like we came here with like one suitcase and like, it was like 50 marks that we weren't able to like convert over to American dollars. So it was like basically nothing. And I remember like growing up, uh, my dad would go work like 12 hour shifts at a factory and then take two hour classes to learn English. Right. Like the grind was unreal. Like he like, like, blows my work ethic out of the water like he just never stops which has always been amazing to me and like seeing that when I was growing up and then when I was 16 15 or 16 maybe uh, maybe even a little bit younger I was in high school and he decided to go back to college well not go back just go to college and get his associates in electrical engineering and he was working 60 hours a little over because he was doing overtime and he was taking he was going to uh, class full-time so he'd wake up in the mornings and I'd wake up with him and do his like English homework for him and stuff like that and help him out with it wherever I could. And then he'd go to class and go right back to work, like almost nonstop. And I was leaving for school one day and like Bosnia, like most Bosnian guys, you know what I'm talking about when your dad kind of like looks up at you, like, you know, he's about to hit you with some like real shit, you know, like he's, <laughs> he's about to be like, this is when you want to listen to your dad. And he, he looks up at me, he's like, Sina, he goes, ako ja mogu full time, So like anyone who's listening English, like it's basically saying, Hey, if I can do this, not speaking the language and working full time and still go to school with a family, there's never a reason for you to tell me that you can't do it. You know, like you can, if you want something, you will find a way to make it happen. Right. Like whatever it is, you just, you just, as long as you work towards it and you don't give up, you will make it happen. And like my dad was a testament to that. He's got a pretty comfortable job now. Like even through the whole COVID thing, he's still working almost nonstop. And that was like my biggest inspiration was just being able, like I can't ever just tell, like I can say, hey, I failed. I can say it didn't work out. That's fine. Failure is completely okay. Grow from it. But I can't ever tell him I can't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and like no one should ever be able to say like, I can't do it. It's just like the willingness, like, do you want to? or you're more than capable most of the time. It's just the desire to do it. Yeah, very true. I think we all hold ourselves to like 
a high standard because we don't want to disappoint our parents. So we're yep. like, okay, well, we're going to try. And, you know, if it, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But I think just trying is so important and, you know, accepting that if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. It wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to be your thing. And then obviously don't be afraid to fail if I haven't already said that enough. On yeah, people, people really do get like terrified of the failure. And like, I mean, I understand. I completely understand. But it's like, you're gonna like more than likely at some point in your life whether it's a big thing or a small thing you failed and if you don't want to think about it or like you've messed up whatever it is but I mean it's just how you take it you know like everyone messes up just people are just scared to do like that big mess up obviously it's a little bit different it's like if you fall off your bike as a kid versus if your business fails you know those are two different things but it's just, you have to take that risk. I know so many people who like, they started a business and failed, started another business and failed, started a third business and boom, it made it, you know, like not everything's going to be a hundred percent. And you have to realize that like not literally nothing is a hundred percent and you just have to give it everything you got and just, just go to it, just do it. And then if it works, it works. If it doesn't, I mean, you tried, you gave it your all, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that and just grow from it. How did you, what could you have done better? what did you learn from it? And then use that for the next experience. And you should be, you just got to keep on keeping on. That's all it is. Certain things you just can't control, you know, what happens to you, but what really matters is just how you react in that situation, whether that's with your business or just with relationships or things in life that happen. It's all about how you take it and how you kind of move on from it and just process it. So 100%. Okay, getting into financial advice and things because I've been watching or probably was like a year ago, I started watching all these just financial advice videos on YouTube and I thought it was really interesting because people have a really bad relationship with credit, but at the same time, like you're going to need credit if you want to buy a house, if you want to buy a car, like all of these things. So what are your thoughts on that? Like, I just feel like we don't, especially in high school and stuff, they don't talk about it a lot. They don't really like mention anything like that. And then you're 18 and a lot of people are on their own at 18, you know, and they're just not ready for everything that life throws at you. I mean, the most important thing with credit, especially having good credit is open up like a small credit card. If you can, uh, there's a lot of ones that'll give you like a really small credit limit. So you won't be able to spend more than a couple hundred bucks. So it should be fairly easy to pay off for the most part. And just like the biggest thing too is like pay it off at the end. Don't get hit with interest. I mean, credit card companies are are like not sleazy, but they'll be like, hey, you only got to pay 25 bucks. You owe two grand, but you only got to pay 25. So you're like, cool, I'll just pay 25. And then you get hit with an interest rate. Because if it says APR 27.19, that means they're charging you 27.19% on the money you owe if you don't pay the full balance. Right? So... And then people are like, okay, cool, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And they'll just pay the $25. Then it just stacks up, stacks up, stacks up. And that's how you're stuck in like that never ending cycle for like paying off your credit card. And then I've helped people with like, some people messed up when they were younger, like it happens. And they're like, how do I pay off these credit cards? So you can consolidate loans. You could look up other credit cards that'll have like zero percent transfers for 18 months. So if you, let's say you owe, thousand dollars on one credit card you can't pay it off all at once and they're charging you interest you could open up another credit card transfer the balance onto it for 18 months and pay it off that way 
Uh, a lot of people, you can consolidate debt. So you can go to a bank and take out a loan for, let's say the interest rate on the loan is maybe a personal loan. It's like 10% or 12%, which is pretty high, but it's better than paying 27% on multiple credit cards. So a lot of people can go get a personal loan through a bank, pay that off, pay off the credit cards, put the credit cards away, don't use them, and then just pay on that one loan, right? Consolidating just means like just whatever, making it one. And, um, and that's kind of what I've helped people with in the past. It, it's not a perfect solution, but if you're looking at it from like a money standpoint, would you rather pay 10 or 12% versus 25 or up, upwards of like 30% interest? So like there's ways to fix it if you messed up, but just try to like always pay off the balance, never spend more than you can and just get in your head. Like, I got to pay this off. I got to pay this off or set a limit or budget for yourself to where you don't go over that limit. Yeah. Always pay it off. Like do not even pay the minimum. Cause I think that happened to me once and everything started piling up. Like you're saying yeah, really you're fast. Like, you're like, oh, I have like $2,000 on this card that I need to pay off. Crap, how am I going to do that? So I always pay it off in full. Like I think the first card I opened um, was with my bank, which is probably what most people um, would do if you're just looking for something to get started um, building your credit. And then I ended up getting like travel credit cards, which are amazing. If you don't use a travel credit card and you're always booking flights, I don't know what you're doing because you get so many points and just rewards from that, but know that you have the money already in your account to pay it off or else it's just going to be a disaster. Another little tip while we're on the topic real quick. So if an easy way uh, for you guys to build credit, if you're like younger and you don't, you know, you don't even know how to start as long as you're over 18, it, let's say your parents are buying you a car or buying a car and they're financing. Uh, they could do it under your name and then they can co-sign for you. And I mean, like I know for my sister, my parents got her a car and you can literally just put it under her name and then the parents will co-sign for it and they'll pay it. But the credit builds towards your name because you're the one that's on the loan. And I know like a lot of younger people, if their parents help them with a the car, like whatever, they're just like, cool, we'll just get you a car. Well, at least take, you might as well take advantage of it, you know, and then put it under your name, finance it, and then have them co-sign. It'll be more or less be about the same interest rate, if not zero interest, however you're financing. But it all goes towards your credit. And then you don't got to worry about messing with the card, nothing like that. If you're making the payment, you should be fine. You're, you're less likely to miss a car payment than you are a credit card payment. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's one way to, to go about it as well. So... Yeah, no, that's that's very true. You could do that, absolutely. And then while we're talking about cars, um, you can finance, like go to a credit union because they'll usually have the best rate um, if you are looking. That's what I did. But yeah, and then once you start building credit, it'll get to the time when you buy a card and it's like, my mom's like, oh, maybe I'll have to, you know, co-sign with you. It's like, nope, you're approved. It's all in your name. <laughs> Get ready for that responsibility. What about investing? Like how, if I know nothing about investing and there's all these different apps out there, how would I get started? Like now's a really interesting time to get started because obviously because of the coronavirus, like what a time to talk about this. Uh, everything, like everything's down. Uh, airline industry's down, everything. I mean, that's a whole different topic, but yeah, uh, like ways to get started. You can look, depending on where you work, a lot of places have some sort of, like either they're going to do a 401k 
or an IRA. They're going to have some sort of investment option for you. And it's typically they'll like automatically put you at like a 5% or whatever. And you can put more research into that, figure out like, even if you're 18 and you're working at Walmart or something, Walmart has a benefits package you can take advantage of. You could start really early with a 401k and build interest on that, on that money that you're putting in automatically. But, and there, there's apps out there like Robinhood's a really popular one. Uh, Robinhood's nice because they don't charge any, they don't charge any uh, trading fees or anything like that. Like I have Fidelity which is a lot bigger company. You can do E-Trade, uh, you can do Scott Trade. There's so many ways to trade, like buy and trade stock. So people, they just, people just don't know where to start. But with the bigger companies, they're gonna charge trading fees. So if, if you wanted to trade, let's say like 10 shares of something, it's gonna cost you like 13 bucks, eight, seven, whatever. You can research how much it costs and do it that way. But, as, uh, but Robinhood's a really good one for uh, people starting out. You could put in like a couple hundred bucks and, and whatever. You could buy individual stocks. You can do ETFs, index funds. Index funds are like basically snippets of a bunch of little stocks and they're like they'll track the market. So you're not individually buying shares. You're just kind of going with it. And it's going to give you a pretty, it's a pretty safe investment for the most part. It just kind of depends on what you want to do. But Robinhood's one, that's where I'd start with. Uh, if look through your employer, see if they have any kind of a 401k option, IRA option, and definitely invest as much as you can. Uh, and then if you get to the point where you're, you're, you're making enough money, whether you're, you're comfortable with putting a little bit more money in, stuff like that, and you're ready to get started, uh, I would look into Fidelity or E-Trade. Those are really good and they have really good support. You can call them 24 seven. They can explain things to you and stuff like that if you're unsure. And it's all built into that package. They'll charge like a one-time annual fee of 12 bucks. You can call them at any time and they'll explain everything to you. Or you can sit down like with me, for instance, and we can kind of go through it or anyone else that you would look at as a financial advisor and then they can kind of teach you about it. So there's, there's so many ways to start. It, like I said, it's with everything. You just got it. The earlier you get started, the better you off at the long run. Agreed. Like the sooner that you can open up your 401k, the better. Um, yep. Just, just do it. It's awesome because you'll end up and there's so much research out there, but literally the earlier that you started, the more ability you have to have more money in the long run. So um, really important. It's not just for, you know, when you're older and you have this big corporate job and whatever, like if you can open it now, go for it. Um, what was I going to say, how do you feel about Bitcoin? <laughs> I mean, stuff like that, like cryptocurrency, it's yeah. just, uh, you can make a lot of money and then you can lose a lot of money like real fast, but it's interesting. It's cool. Cause it's, I mean, it, it has the same value no matter where you are in the world, right? So you know how you, you know when you go to Bosnia and you have like a hundred bucks and you go to a little trade station and they're like, like 150 marks today, tomorrow it's 155 marks. The next day it could be 140. You, you never know. Bitcoin's going to be the same value no matter where you are, right? It, that's the cool thing about it. It's like virtual. Uh, but there's like essentially no way of tracking like the value of it. You know, it's just like, it goes up and down. The cool thing about Bitcoin too, is you can mine it. So a lot of people, uh, it's, it's like basically spread out as bits of data throughout the internet and you set up rigs that can like mine it and you run it 24 seven. You can find pieces of Bitcoin, not a whole Bitcoin, but it'd be like 0.0005058 Bitcoin. 
right? And then eventually it adds up, it adds up, and you can turn into one Bitcoin mm-hmm. and then whatever the value of it is. I mean, it is based on like people like trading it, like volumes and stuff. So, uh, yeah, because it was really popular at one point. I remember it was like $20,000 per Bitcoin. Now it's like seven, some change for Bitcoin. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like if, if you bought it at 20,000 and you just let it sit, drops back down to seven and there's no guarantee that it'll even exist in like a year. That's why it's a lot more riskier, mm-hmm. but you could, it's a lot more volatile than, uh, investing in stocks. So you could make some money. It's just completely up to you if you want to take that risk. Let's talk about saving money because <laughs> that can be very difficult for people too. So is there a step-by-step process to follow or is there a certain percentage of your paycheck that you should be putting into a savings account? So you could always do, if you want to get like super complex with it, you could do like sit down, do a complete breakdown of how much money you're making, how much you want to save, how much all your bills cost, everything, which is, I mean, that gets a little complicated. There's like general rules to follow. You could do like a 50, 30, 20 rule, which is pretty common. So 50% for like your, like, let's say you make a thousand bucks. So 500 of that goes towards like your car payment, rent, whatever, blah, blah, blah. That's what you want to keep everything in. And so those are your living expenses. Uh, 30 or 30% goes to uh, like fun stuff you want to do. I mean, obviously you want to spend money. So like that could go like 300 of that thousand bucks being 30% could go towards like a phone. I don't know, a trip, like random little things you're going to do throughout the week and then put 20% away. Right. And then if like that, that you could change it up, you could do 60, 30, 10, whatever, you know, but generally it's like 50, 30, 10 or 50, 30, 20. And then 20% you're saving. You could do like 5% you just put away in a savings account just to have like, just in case if you need like immediate money for like a breakdown or something, you're going to have it ready to go. So you're not living like paycheck to paycheck, hoping that you can make it work. And then like you could do 10% of that savings you could put into your 401k right? Cause that's going to make money. And then the other 5% just depends. You could, you, you could hold on to it for like, put it more into savings. If you want to, you can adjust it. You can keep some cash on hand. You could uh, do an individual investment account. You could like ha- open up like Robin hood and just put money in there and mess around with like buying and selling stocks, fill your knack for it. So that, that's a pretty general, general one. Uh, the biggest thing too, is if you have a lot of cash, cash sitting like let's say you're at a point where you have thousands of dollars in a savings account and you're pretty comfortable like you're healthy you don't really need anything to happen you got to realize a bank is only going to give you like 0.01 percent interest on that savings most of the time that's essentially no money right you're at the end of the year you'll make like 45 bucks so you could take like whatever you're comfortable with like take two thousand dollars and put it into a, uh, an investment account where you're tracking an index fund and with an index fund on average, give it, it's a little bit different now because of a pandemic that we're here in globally, but more than like, more than likely it's going to be about a 7% interest rate on that, which compared to 0.01 is huge. And you can just let it sit. It'll grow over time. And it's it's like, I know before, like back in the day, it was always like, if you have a 401k or investment account, it should double. It's like double every 20 years right? Because that's how compound interest works. It just grows on itself. And you could put more money in if you're comfortable, you could just leave it, let it sit. Uh, And the biggest thing is don't freak out. So a lot of people like uh, with the pandemic, I mean, like my 401k is down 22%. 
in the last two months. That is a lot of money, 22%. So imagine like a fifth of your money just, just, just gone. But you have to keep in mind with investing, the market is elastic, right? It's like a rubber band. You pull a rubber band back, you let it go, it'll just return back to where it was. You know, it'll kind of move up and down. So that's what you got to keep in mind. So if it's down and you can afford to, put more money in. If it's, you know, and if you feel like you're comfortable enough to sell a stock or whatever, do it if you want to or let it ride. It's up to you completely. But uh, yeah, that's what people do. They freak out. So if it goes down, they're like, I'm going to sell it. And then they lose money. Whereas like if you just let it sit and if you can afford to let it sit for like a year or two, it'll just go right back up. Like you were in 2008, everything crashed. And then now it's back up to the best it was. And then obviously right now it's crashing down a little bit, but in another couple of years, it'll just go right back up. Like don't freak out, stay calm. You're not using that money anyways. It's just there. Let it sit. But like the only time you're supposed to take it as a random, but it's like if you're over 65 and you plan on retiring, then yeah, maybe sell it. <laughs> Try to avoid it as much as you can. But yeah, uh, unless listeners oh, over the age of 65. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, I think our general demographic is under the age of 65. So we'll just keep the advice to that age group. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah, I was, who's I with? I think it was with my mom. We were going to the grocery store and we we're passing by the ATM and this is all that's happening, like happening, this happened like two weeks ago. And she's like, do we need to take out money from the bank? What should we do <laughs> like during this, you know, yeah. whatever the heck is going on? So is there anything like specific that people should be aware of? I know for like, if you have um, student loans, there's no interest on it up until for the next six months or something like that but is there anything that people should be aware of or be doing during this time it all just kind of depends on your situation right so a lot of people are out of work or not working as much and stuff like that so you can take advantage of certain programs as well uh i know for small businesses they were doing uh small business loans with loan forgiveness yep so you could essentially get up to a certain amount free, depending on how much money you're making. And I mean, now if you're at a point where you're comfortable and you have an idea and you need some money to get started, but you, you were always afraid to go through a bank or you were worried or whatever, you could go through SGA.gov and you can get a small business loan at like, you can talk to your bank too. They're doing it as well for under 1% interest, which is like at, at first they're doing 0.5% interest. So that's, I mean, that's essentially free money. That is very little interest on it to get started. So like, I mean, that's one thing you could take advantage of. I know it's a time of crisis, so it's, it's, it's going to be tough to build your client base, but you could use this time to learn to buy all your equipment because a lot of it's going to be less expensive because people are selling it off because they're freaking out, whatever your idea might be. But that's one thing you could take advantage of as far as savings go, uh, like your 401k, if you do have retirement and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's probably down (laughs) more than likely it's going to be down. Just kind of let that sit, let it ride. But if you want to invest now's a good, good time to do it. If you have money and you can afford to put money in like research stocks, research, uh, certain, like look up like what they were the last five years, if they weren't inflated and and invest in them. And like more than likely they're going to, especially if they're big corporations, like a lot of people are looking into airline and oil right now more than likely like American airlines, I I can't imagine they're going to go bankrupt. You know, I'm sure like business is down. Everything's pretty bad right now, but they're going to get bailed out more than likely. They're going to spring back up to the, where they were eventually. So if you can afford to invest in what you 
in things that you find that you on your own research, whatever think is a good idea. Mm-hmm. But like I, I've been doing one, like the Budweiser, like Anheuser-Busch is they average like $108 a share for five years. They average about a hundred bucks. Obviously no one's going out to drink. No one's going out to restaurants, anything like that. So they're, they're, they're down a little bit. They're down. Uh, I bought them at $38 a share. So, and I'm going to let it sit. It's back up to 49. Once hopefully the pandemic blows over, you got to realize people are going to want to go out. They're going to want to drink. They're going to want to celebrate. So you got to look at the long-term things when you, when you look at investing mm-hmm. and what are they going to do? They're going to purchase beer, alcohol, whatever, you know, like they're going to celebrate. They're going to go to ball games, whatever it is. And that stock's just going to skyrocket. So you buy it for, for low and we're at a time right now, you very unique time where everything is pretty low and you can invest in it. if You can afford to, and then, Hey, make some money. Why not? That's a good point. And this will be released during that time. So it'll be applicable to anybody that's out there listening. Um, hopefully this, you know, just lasts a couple more weeks. <laughs> it's going to be longer than yeah, that. Who but... knows? Well, the, the thing that's interesting to me about this, I talked about it with some friends the other day. Like you remember, like we were, we were around, we were in uh, elementary school when 9-11 happened. Right. And how everything changed after 9-11 like that was our big thing in america like when we were kids right and everything changed how school systems were like locked down everything stuff like that it changed your way of life forever and now with covid19 like it's never going to go back to normal it's like everything's it's going to change your way of life completely think about it like now everywhere you go hand sanitizer is going to be readily available like it's like social distancing is still going to be practiced for the most part like everyone's going to change the way they think and it's just something that happened and your way of life is just forever changed. It's amazing to think about, you know, like hopefully it'll all blow over. Everything's okay. We find like a vaccine and stuff, but it just completely changes the way we do everything. Not completely, but like to a certain extent. Yeah, no, it does. It's funny. Cause now it's when you do go in public or not that I really have gone anywhere besides the grocery store, but me and my mom will go walking. And it's so funny because everyone's like running away from each other. Yeah, literally. It's so weird. But um, like when you go to grocery stores now, I mean, like it'll it'll go back to normal more or less, but I'm sure they're going to implement more safety procedures, like maybe like spread aisles out a little bit further, things like that. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's crazy to me. But that's something you would never predict in a million years, you know? Never, ever. And now it's like everyone that wants to go or was thinking about going home this summer, it's like not looking so good. Probably not going to happen. I highly doubt it. I mean, I don't know, maybe late August. But even that, I think it's not so much that I'm worried about myself, but it's just going like into the country. Like I know they're not they're not prepared normally for like healthcare situations. Well, that's the thing with Bosnia. Like that's what's so unique about them is like the healthcare there isn't how it is in the U S like they have to take the precautions necessary. Yeah. Right. Cause like they have to be able to, like they have to wash the streets. They have to do all that stuff. Uh, because if there, if there's an out, if there's an outbreak in the U S we can quarantine, we can, we have hospitals more or less available. Like we'll find ways to adjust to we'll find healthcare workers in countries like Bosnia, and I think this, like Italy suffered with it a little bit too, they just aren't prepared. Yeah. I'm not saying we're 100% prepared, but Bosnia especially, you know, like they're not ready to take on thousands of people being sick. So like you have to prevent it in any way possible. 
because if it, if it does have an outbreak, I mean, it could be devastating. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it doesn't get too, too bad. Um, doesn't seem like it. I talked to my family this morning and they're like all so bored. My grandpa's like finding random projects to do. Yeah. Like that's literally it. <laughs> I'm like, this is just, I don't know. Um, it's crazy. But anyway, um, yeah, hopefully this doesn't last too long. But back to finances. What's the best piece of financial advice you would give to diaspora who are in their 20s right now? If you're in your 20s, try it. Like the smartest advice someone like, or not, I guess the best advice they gave me as far as investing goes is to start a for like start investing, saving, whatever, as, as early as possible. So start investing the closer, like if you're in your twenties and let's say you're in college, but you work for, like I said, it could be Walmart. It could be like, let's say you work for a phone store. Let's say like just common places to work, wherever you're going to have an option to have some sort of investment fund, like a 401k, an IRA, whatever. So take advantage of it as soon as possible. Uh, research into it, ask the people you work with, because a lot of times the older people that you work with are going to know more or less how the 401k works, right? Mm -hmm. Or they, they've been doing it for a while, so they understand a little bit better. Like, don't be afraid to ask questions, like figure it out and definitely do that. Because a lot of people wait until their 30s. And at that point, you get to realize that's 10 years of saving you missed out on. And not just 10 years of saving, 10 years of saving at like 7 to 10% interest compounded annually which is just money growing on money, growing on money that it's just, you know, and you could be, so you can start it when you're 20 and then by the time you hit 35, you could have like 40 grand in your 401k, right? Even if you aren't making that much money or, and then or if you're starting at 35, you're literally starting at zero where someone's already like that far ahead of you. Like you don't have to be a millionaire to retire a millionaire. That's the thing that's amazing about it. Going back to your business, what are some of your long-term goals? Um, I know I always hate the question, like, where do you see yourself in five years? Uh -huh. but just in general, I guess, what do you envision for Turk Financial? So for the growth aspect of it, um, like I've seen a lot of growth in the last year. Hopefully I continue to see that. That'd be awesome. So it's like my goal is, so right now is to just grow the business, get as many people on board as I can. Uh, with my sister is working on getting her CPA. So, and it's completely up to her. It's not like, you know, I'm like, Hey, you have to do this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's like, Hey, do you want to come help? You know, you have your CPA and we both bring things to the table that like me, I'm very social. I'm outgoing. I'm not saying she isn't, but she's a lot more organized than I am. Uh, she's a lot more like structured to where she can sit down and just crank out the stuff. Whereas I like to me, I'm like, I kind of try to uh, for more or less like, okay, I got to sit down and actually knock stuff out. So the, the plan with it is I'll be the producer. I'll go out, find clients, whatever. And then once we have two people in the office, like consistently working, I can find like multiple contracts or go for like a five-year contract or guaranteed X amount for however long, and then have her we'll, we'll work hand in hand, but she'll be kind of the office support. Whereas I'm the producer and then we'll kind of, mesh our skills together and use that to kind of expand and grow. And if you have to hire more people after that, great, you know, we'll make it work however it goes. But that's, that's the plan is to grow the business, see where it goes. And hopefully, and like my like long-term goal. And like, if you want to know like when the dreams is, so in Nashville, there's the AT&T building. 
right? It's the Batman building. It's got an AT&T logo on it. My dream, like dream, dream, like that's like, I know I've made it is to have Turk financial logo on that building. Like, will that ever happen? I don't know. Maybe, but that would be it. That's how I know that I'm, I've made it. Like that's like, Hey, that's my building. Boom. That would be amazing. Honestly, would you move to Nashville and like have it there or have like different branches, I guess, different locations? Well, what I want to do is now it's like branch, like branch out. Cause I feel like if, if you want to go from a small business to a corporation, you, I mean, there's the people that are really lucky and like, will stay in that same place and everything will work out. Maybe it'll happen in bigger cities or whatever, but in Bowling Green with a, we have like a hundred thousand people, unless we do a lot of outsource stuff, like your outsource work with people out there, it's going to be tough too. So if I like, let's say I can go to, and like obviously start with a niche, niche being the Bosnian community, it's just right. a little bit easier to work. Let's say I go to St. Louis and I'm like, Hey, I find someone who has the kind of the same ideal, someone I can trust, whether it's a family member, friend, whatever, but like, Hey, would you be willing to learn the tricks and trades, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm always available for like calling. Right. So if they need like, uh, senior advisor versus like an associate, whatever, like they can contact me and then we'll work it out. Right. Or then I can do all other stuff that you can't, but mm-hmm. start, start a, like an office there. Right. And then like, see how that goes. If it, if it works great, if not, you tried, if that doesn't work, try a different location, maybe go to a different city, wherever, and then grow from there. And if I can get to the point where I have like, let's say you get like 10, maybe 20 offices at that point, you're not a small business anymore. You have multiple employees and you're built multiple clients. Everything's going, you know, rolling. And that's what you got to do to grow. That's what you got to do to make it, make it big to get to the point where you can buy the Batman building. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's perfect. That's exactly what we needed to hear. Cause how long have you been doing this now for? Uh, Two years. Well, it's like, so, so the business has been around for three years, technically two years officially. And then, uh, a year before that I was doing just one corporation, like one corporate client. Like I was kind of learning. It was like training the wheels. So four years total, two years professionally, and then three years, like technically. Yeah, that's awesome. It's going to take time. That's one thing that I'm really terrible about like, I'm like, okay, I should be here by now. It's like, I'm not there yet, but you have to kind of step back and remember all that you've done, like up to this point too, you know, don't forget that. Like, it'd be so cool to have, you know, different locations or different, like what I wanted to do was the whole pop-up thing. Um, but of course, you know, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, basically. The- I was going to say the thing with that too, is like, it's awesome. Like set goals, like set goals that are to the, to the moon and back, right? Like whatever, like set them as high as possible for yourself, but don't like people like, will like, but keep them realistic. And like, like my thing is like, is the Batman building thing realistic? I don't know. Like it's, it's a really tough thing, but like, that's something that's like my, like, you know, like sky high expectation or goal, not even expectation, but like, don't, don't like never limit yourself and don't beat yourself up. Like, don't be like, I should have been here. Never look at it like that. Never look at it as like, I should have been here two months ago or I should have been here you can't like there's certain certain things you cannot control right and you have to accept that you have to understand it's okay let's see what else I can do to make that happen so that, that that's my thing is like when it's, people say like where do you see yourself in five years well it's like you never know like in five years you could be a billionaire like by tomorrow you could find something that changes your life completely don't ever look at it as like 
and our generation and our culture does it too. They're like, by 25, I want to be married. By 30, I want to have kids. By this, I want to have this, whatever. I was like, you never know. Life will hit you with a curveball faster than you can imagine. And it changes like your life completely. Like I, I, I know you've experienced that. I know a lot of people experience that. Like it, it just, it changes. It can change in a, in a snap of like literally snap fingers. So like, don't ever like beat yourself up and like get yourself down over things not working out the way you want them to just move forward from it, do what you can and make the most of it. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're 30, doesn't matter whether you're 35, 40, make the most out of it, do what you can and like live your life. Like don't let that age get like, and, and it's big in our culture. Like, you know, it is that age thing like affects you so much. Like it's cool. Like, bro, it's fine. It's life move on like have a good time succeed be successful don't let other people's opinions and everything else drag you down and make you feel worse about yourself and if you're in a situation where you just feel like really negative energy around you get yourself out of that situation like if you're with friends who drag you down who make you feel bad get a new group of friends it is totally possible if you're in a community where you just feel like everything's dragging, get yourself out of that community, leave your hometown, grow, do whatever it takes. Like surround yourself with positive people, positive environments, people that push you, that want to see you grow. And I promise you it'll happen. Like don't let yourself be susceptible to the negatives around you. Like you gotta, you gotta move past that for sure. Good pep talk. I don't, I don't need to um, miss two <laughs> Those memes, therapists. I, I, I don't know I don't know who needs to hear this, but it goes off on a huge tangent. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. I think that's true. And if anyone tells you that your dream is like stupid or silly, just screw them because they they clearly don't have dreams for themselves. And those aren't the type of people that you want to surround yourself with anyway. Like it doesn't matter. Like it's your dream, you know. You shouldn't there's there's gonna be two types of people, right? When you go up to them. There's going to be the people that are going to be like, bro, that sucks. What are you talking about? Then there's going to be the people that like, and this is how I am with a lot of like clients and friends. They're like, I have an idea. I'm like, cool, let me hear it. Instead of me saying that's never going to work, right? No matter what I think it is, I'm like, okay, cool. So how do you plan on starting that? Uh, and then like try to word it as like, let's say, I don't know, let's say like with balcony bed. If you came up to me however many years ago and you're like, I have this idea. It's like, cool. Uh, how are you going to make the shirts? Where are you going to like get the mm -hmm. materials? Like wh who's going to make them for you? Are you going to make them yourself? All right. And then you know how much it's going to cost, how much you want to sell them for an idea. Like, are you going to have that broken down? Who are you going to market to? Who's going to be your thing? There's the people that are going to give you like structural advice. And there's the people who are like, no, nah, bro, that's dumb. <laughs> you know I mean? That's literally, literally. Yeah. Oh, well you can't make money off of that or that's never going to work or oh. it doesn't have to be about money. Like if yeah. you really, well, that's, that's how yeah. it's a lot of people so that's the only reason I say like if you want to go like if you're going to a job or or like if you're going to a business for the money I mean that's fine like don't get me wrong everyone like obviously you want to make money but it should be something you love doing something you truly enjoy and then go from there like I have a client that's a builder and he I mean it's like I know him like he he'll he'll flip houses buy and sell houses like for lots and he'll do most of it himself but he'll come inside, like this dude loves building. That's the thing that's amazing to it. It's not even about the money. He just loves it. He'll come into somewhere and be like, wow, this is a good design. 
you know what I mean? Like yeah. that, 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 that's like, he has like this childlike wonder when it comes to like, wow, like this was just built well, you know? And like, he just genuinely enjoys and loves what he's doing. And that's, what's so like awesome about it. It's like the, like the, the money will come, just find something you truly enjoy doing and that you can do, like, think about it. If you run a business, it's something you're going to do every day. You have to have a certain passion level for it or otherwise it's just going to feel like more work for yourself. Mm-hmm. Cause there are certain things within your business that are just literally is just work. You just have to do it. But a lot of times when you do take the leap into whatever your entrepreneurial desire is, you're going to be working another job. So you have to, if you don't have that drive to do it, then it's just never going to happen. You're never going to like get to the point where you can, you know, quit your full-time job and do this full-time or whatever that might look like for you. So if you don't have that drive to do it anyway, then it's, you're basically screwed. <laughs> like, honestly, it's, it's just not going to happen. And that's the thing that, is frustrating, like how you're talking about um, people that come up to you with, you know, ideas. And if you don't set these action steps for yourself, you have to be willing to ask yourself these questions, like the whole thing, you know, how are you going to make the shirts? You know, if you were to ask me, I would have probably told you two and a half years ago, oh, I'm going to make them myself, <laughs> having not done yeah. like research and, you know, figuring out a way of actually making that happen. And then as soon as you start to do research and as soon as you start to talk to people who, have done that before, then you're going to get answers to those questions without a doubt. You just have to be willing to put yourself out there. I mean, that's at the end of the day, I feel like that's kind of what it's all about, honestly. Um, One of my favorite quotes to kind of build on that was like, as far as like ideas and stuff goes, uh, someone uh, told us to me like a couple weeks back and they said, potential has an expiration date. Right. So, and you got to think about that. So it's like, everyone's like, this has potential to do this. This has potential, but it's like, if you never act on it, all it is and all it stays is potential or potential that was like, like people are like, Oh, he has so much potential. That's all it is, is potential until you act on it. Right. So whatever, whatever that is, whatever you take that as remember, just act on it. Otherwise it literally has an expiration date. Like it's not going to be there forever. If you don't act on it, you don't take this leap, whatever it's, it just may not happen. And you just have to learn as you go. Like that's literally the best advice that I can give anyone as far as like business. Yeah. And if you don't act on it, then you're going to be pissed when someone else has that idea and they put it into action and you're thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, why did I not do that a year ago? Like I could have, you know, oh my gosh, it could have worked, you know? So you do have to be willing, willing to try. Um, And it could be the same potential. Honestly, it's just the difference is one person acted before you did. That's, that's it. Yeah, that's very true. I think about that a lot of the time because I'm like, because it's like you see people with other, you know, clothes or shirts with random stuff on them. But I'm like, would people have even, you know, I don't know. Like, would someone else have thought of this? Like, I, I think about that though, because I'm like, literally, I'm thinking, like, yeah, it's a cool idea, but I feel like a lot, it's probably crossed a lot of people's minds that there's a need for it. And you have to have, you have to be willing to solve some kind of problem too. Um, anyway, if you want to hear more <laughs> about the whole entrepreneurship side, just go listen to the first episode because I kind of run through um, just a bunch of different tidbits of advice and things like that. So, Awesome. Well, those are really great pieces of advice just on finance and making money and trying out new ideas, things like that. Um, Do you have anything else that you want to leave the listeners with? 
invest now <laughs> but no like the honestly though with the whole corona thing i've gotten a lot of my friends on board like it's if you can afford to honestly like it's so many stocks are down and if like i said if you can afford to like obviously don't take out like loans or anything or debt for it but like start investing now and if you've thought about it act on it because you, you'll see pretty significant increases and then once it all goes away hopefully uh it should just like just keep growing it might take a year it might take two but like now's the time to do it and then like we, we've said it so many times but just to reiterate like if you have an idea take that leap like don't be scared to act on it like there is nothing wrong with with failing if that's if that's your biggest fear if that's the worst thing that can happen so be it but you gotta you always gotta weigh it out it's like yeah you could it may not work but if it does work right and should it work and it should work like where would you be and how would you feel like take that with you like take that leap make it happen you can totally do it and then you utilize all the resources around you to make it happen you know i'm here and mina's here everyone's listening reach out to us i'm sure like both of us are willing to help in whatever way we can and then um yeah i mean that's it yeah that's all there is to say on this topic um but yeah seriously if anyone ever has a business or an idea or something that they're trying to launch or get the word out there um definitely just message me it doesn't matter you know, how old you are. I had a woman reach out to me. She's probably like my mom's age, but she has like a wine business. And so she's importing wine like from Bosnia, which is the coolest thing ever. And I just ordered like a bunch of wine from her and I connected her to um, the store owner of the Bosnian store here. Cause a lot of the wine that she sells right now is in Pennsylvania, but I guess the state controls their liquor stores. So they're all closed. So I connected her with him and now I think they might actually sell the wine at the store here in Georgia, which is pretty cool. So you just never know. There's connections out there. I try to connect people as much as I can um, with this platform. So don't be shy. No idea is too stupid. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. You honestly never know where something can go. That's like the amazing, that's the most amazing thing about it. It is cool because, yeah, you just you just don't know. I'm like, I can just send you his number. I mean, if he wants to do it, great. If not, oh, well, I tried <laughs> to help you. Like, it's like I did what I could. So Yeah, well, thank you so much for all the different pieces of advice. If anyone's looking for um, to do their taxes or bookkeeping or any type of financial advice, definitely um, reach out to Elsad. I'll have all the contact information in the podcast notes. And if you guys are interested in being on an upcoming episode, definitely send an email to hello at balkanbread.com with the subject line podcast. So thank you guys for listening and we will see you or talk to you in next week's episode. Bye guys.